pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And we are a show about video games. We are. I'm standing up. I'm going to sit down. I was looking for a pen. Do you need a pen? I've got a pen. Don't suppose you've got a pen, have you? Yeah, I've got, I've got two, actually. Oh, there's one there. Excellent. That's, uh, that's the reason I came. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing well. Thank you, Simon. Really, really hyped up about video games from the Eurogamer Expo. Are you? Yeah, I had a good time. Excellent. Seeing Expo exciting games. Expo I guess we'll be talking more about that later in the show. Who knows? Mm. How are you? Uh, I'm good as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped mm. about uh, video games. I went to the uh, Eurogamer Expo. What about you, Anne? I'm so, so pumped. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, yeah. that was a turnaround. I yeah. See. Is that all we've done this week? Go to the, go to the expo? Well, it's a big event, isn't it? Do we need Four to days. do more? Four days. It was so big, I got confused. In fact, I missed a meeting on uh, <laughs> Thursday because um, somebody said, yeah, uh, can we meet in the morning because I'm going to the Eurogame Expo in the afternoon? I was like, yeah, yeah, certainly. So I put that in my diary Friday because like, I didn't think it was on on Thursday. Right. Get a call. At, uh, I was meeting him quarter past 12. Get a call at 20 past 12. Hi, Sam. Just wondering how you're getting on. Yeah, I'm seeing you tomorrow, aren't I? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. That's Rupert Lohman's fault. <laughs> it is for expanding. <laughs> it was good, though, wasn't it? Enjoyed it. Mm, me too. Have you been doing anything else this week? No. Nope. Me neither. Anne? Nothing. Well, I guess we have nothing to talk about then. Well, we do, though. Fortunately, we've got, uh, we've got a hand in the studio. We've got a, a mouth and a head and some feet You in are the studio. really excited, aren't very, you? Very, 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 very excited. You, Dave, so... Ra- who, Dave Ranyard from Sony London, who are you? Who is he? Who is he, exactly? <laughs> Who are you? Darren Wall, uh, we are delighted to welcome you to the studio. Darren Wall, you are the founder of uh, Read Only Memory. That is correct. Welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, you, it's, it's, it's all worked out, isn't it? Dave Ranyard and his other commitments. Whoever the hell he is. Exactly. Uh, what were his other commitments? I wish I knew the film of commitments <laughs> well enough to do a joke about that. Um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, he's dead to us. Currently, Darren's yeah. in, and uh, yeah, I'm it, Plan B. And it, well, no, I think you're very much Plan A. If we'd known, hey. if we did this, this uh, if we'd known about what was going on. Uh, you mean if, if you'd known, we'd have kicked him out. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have turned up and we'd have made Ranyard wait outside. And um, Darren, your publishing company uh, is 
put is it what, is this your first book this is our first book yeah and it comes out this week comes out this week and yeah. why is simon so excited well if you turn to page 107 now it's spoilers <laughs> <laughs> it's a book about sensible software isn't it yes it's a biography of sensible software uh, it's an art book a biography written by gary penn as well uh a kind of a beautiful boutique piece basically right and uh, so i was trying to stop you from giving too much away because we're going to talk yes. to you specifically about it i'm getting over excited but and, stop okay good should we get the news out of the way so we can talk to Darren? It's 7.04 on Monday the 30th of September. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Valve has gone totally nuts for big announcements. Following the Steam OS revelation, the company has gone on to unveil its plans for world dominance with a variety of Steam gaming machines and a Steam controller. The controller has two circular trackpads and a touchscreen and looks a bit like Darth Vader. A prototype Steam machine will be sent for beta testing to 300 users later in the year. If this news doesn't kickstart an E17 comeback, then it will all have been for nothing. I think I'm going to clip the uh, chorus out of E17's Steam oh. and use it every time we mention it from now Please on. Please do. Okay, do, I'll yeah. do what I can. Steam controller, Simon, are you excited? Well, it looks a bit like Darth Vader. Which, which bit of Darth Vader does it like look that, like? Like the uh, eyes minus the mouth. Okay. Just like eyes and cheek. Do you think that's the look they were going for? Yeah. And what bit of Darth Vader does what, do you know? Which, uh, which bit of Darth Vader is the high-resolution haptic uh, um, pad? The trackpads, the his, cir- his, his eyes. His eyes. You rub his eyes. You so rub Darth Vader's eyes. eyes. Anne, can you explain to me exactly what is exciting about the Steam controller? It's not um, got a knobbly out bit. Right. You just rub it. <laughs> that it's does sound exciting. Clip that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could charge £1.50 a minute for that sort of chat, Anne. Yeah, so it just looks like two eyes, and then in the middle it's got a touch screen, um, and it looks... It's very... Uh, it, do- it doesn't have any colour on it. It's very, very black. Just like Darth Vader. Looks just like Darth Vader. It looks kind of um, malevolent. So what does what does haptic controller mean, Simon? What's the haptic bit? Uh, I believe it means that you can rub it, and it's not like it's not. It's, it's a touch screen without having a touch screen. This is the sexiest news story we've ever done. <laughs> Darren, what did you think of the announcements? Well, I thought it looked like a tiny baby owl. Is it just me? <laughs> right. I thought it was exciting. I've, I've read lots of people trying to describe what it feels like to play it, and nobody seems to describe it. It sounds like people from the 70s describing taking LSD. <laughs> and that makes me very excited. That must be a, a cool piece of kit. Um, I saw a very, very practical explanation of the the... Uh, joypad by one of the guys who did Super Meat Boy, okay. who explained that you know it, he he said that it's very very good for what it is. He can understand why people think it might not be, but he's played Super Meat Boy to an excellent standard with it, and it is the the sort of haptic na- uh, nature of it that makes all the difference. He then said he played. Um, What's another platformer? He played another platformer with it. Spelunky. Maybe it was Spelunky. That was right. Yeah, um, uh, and he said it was great with that as well. But I'm I'm kind of more interested with in seeing how it works with FPSs, I guess, but which is the real battle, right, for PC. You're going to be able to map anything to anything, apparently. Mm. So you can... So on the outer edge of the haptic feedback... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the outer... <laughs> this is the Steam News section. And the outer... <laughs> Gabe. We love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> 
trading is getting tough on in-app purchases. It's published a series of guidelines to stop parents freaking out when their kids have been aggressively pressured into spending a shedload of money on in-game hats. The OFT is looking for feedback on these guidelines. Your first bit of feedback will be free with additional feedback bundles available for 200 gold coins. It's a good joke, that. Thank you. <laughs> well done. Uh, so what's this, what, what does this mean then, Anne? Uh, it means that you cannot... Um, be aggressive in telling people that they must buy stuff because it'll make other uh, other uh, players, it'll make them sad or it'll make your character really sad if you don't buy them something. Did you read any of the examples that uh, they gave? I, n- I didn't read any specific examples. Well, they weren't specific, they were fictional. Oh. So it's like, imagine a scenario in which you were making a game in which you uh, own little cute horses. Oh, exactly, okay, which yeah. you can get for free. That's um, nice. What we what we wouldn't mind is, you know, if you didn't hassle your players. But um, unacceptable behaviour would be uh, putting pictures of 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 your of your child's classmates all laughing and enjoying a, a huge <laughs> stable and pointing at you, saying, "You are disgusting for not having any horses." But you can rectify that for sixty nine ninety nine. Can you do something whereby it says your horse is going off to a dog food factory and you can pay, you can to, pay to stop it? I think <laughs> that's. That. Yeah. Can you do that? Well, uh, you can do that if you're not marketing it to children. I understand. Okay. So How do you stop marketing things to marketing things to children? Well, there's there's a code of ethics, Anne. That you made. <laughs> Have you had that problem? I mean, not 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 specifically. You stop marketing to children. <laughs> well, they're just around everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> and you've got the goods. <laughs> <laughs> A poll by Pollmakers YouGov has shown that 61% of people in the UK believe that playing violent video games can cause real-world aggression. 57% thought violent video games were a useful outlet for aggression and frustration. People who had no experience playing violent games were three times more likely to think that games cause violence. We can't be sure if any of this is true, but please note that this whole news story has been, been written in all caps and blood. <laughs> uh, maybe we should conduct our own survey. Okay, how do we do that? Well, we ask the questions that Anne okay. has asked, and there are four of us, right. and we, we put it out in percentage terms. Okay. Go on, uh, Anne. Um, okay, so do you think that uh, playing violent video games um, causes real-world aggression, Simon? No, I because I'm not an idiot. Do it anonymously. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just, do a show just, of just show of hands, guys, show of hands. Sorry, are we, up, are we putting up for yes we, or no? We're putting, putting up, up for, for yes. For yes. Okay. Okay, and, and for no? And what about you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I am don't know slash maybe. <laughs> Both hands. Okay. Um, so that was what thirty percent said yes and oh, wow. wait sixty percent. <laughs> How many arms did Steve put up when he put up his arms? <laughs> Why do you, do you, but you don't honestly think that, Steve? Do you? What the video games cause aggression? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you? I think they can. They can. Yeah. I don't think they necessarily do. I get angry when I play video games sometimes. Oh, yeah, furious. Why? Because smashed... you're not good enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's because I'm getting trolled. Yeah. I, I smashed a joypad playing F-Zero GX. I get furious when I play Grand Theft Auto. And I'm old enough to know better, so I don't go out and stab someone. But right. also, but people I, get... I don't know. Is I that think, aggression? I think that they think they cause your heartbeat to... You know, they cause you to get excited, and that can manifest itself as aggression, I'm sure. Maybe maybe in southwest London, wherever it is you are these days. Yeah, so, uh, no. Southeast. Southeast, sorry. Ceased. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you, I, I think it's, I think it's insane to say that they don't psychologically affect you in some degree. Well, that's, very, and also, that's very aggressive of you. Yeah, I know it is. I'm aggressive arguing. It's because of video games. Because mm. of Professor Layton. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I mean Phoenix Wright. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think they do affect you, and I think this sort of blanket. Um, no games don't affect you. They can't possibly affect you. They're fine. Everyone should play everything. Is 
more damaging because it's a uh, you know no one's saying everybody should play everything steve okay we'll see there are um so do, so do you, you think that video games don't cause aggression i do i do not think that they do okay Wait, what <laughs> yeah i don't think that they do okay so they don't cause aggression I th- well, I think you know amongst uh, no. I, I mean, generally speaking, I don't think I don't think that they do. You don't think that uh, the Call of Duty teens who play and call each other bad words on the internet are exhibiting any kind of aggression brought so, on so by that video game? Does Twitter make you aggressive? Yeah, I think it does. People get really angry when People they get angry drive. Over TV yeah. and over cars. And Everyone should stop driving. What was, <laughs> the, what was the point of this survey? Um, don't know, really. They just wanted to have a chat about it. <laughs> what, they'd run out of things to say, yeah. so they asked members of the they, public. They were you-govving everything. <laughs> they were you-gov you later. If you're worried about Microsoft's commitment to the Xbox One, you can calm down right now. Speaking at the Eurogamer Expo, Phil Harrison explained that the console will be more than a 10-year journey. During that time, the platform will be improved upon with a big focus on the cloud. Harrison explained that Microsoft has a commitment to a digital future. With so much talk of commitment and the future, One Life Left predicts wedding bells for Phil and his beloved console. Do you think that was a good thing to say? That it's I think gonna it's absolute nonsense. Ten years. Yeah, right. So, Phil Harrison, do I? Where's, where's, where's the money back for my HD DVD drive I bought for the <laughs> Xbox 360? Because you told me that was better than the Blu-ray. Was he part of that lot then? No, he was Sony then, wasn't he? All right. Yeah. So he but actually still, told you to buy a Blu-ray. So but, no, in the same way that we all have to apologise for you know crimes that our ancestors made. <laughs> so does Phil Harrison. He owes me a hundred pounds, and I'll give him back that copy of King Kong I've got. Um, yeah, there's no way this is going to be around for 10 years. No way. Mm-hmm. More than 10 years. It's going to be more than a 10-year no journey. Way. Holding your hand. How long has it been since the Xbox 360? Eight, is it? Something Seven or like eight? that, yeah. Yeah. That's Do you think that they're saying, oh, oh it'll be a 10-year journey, but the journey will end with the beginning of a new journey? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, buy, you'll go and buy a copy of King Kong. <laughs> I don't know whether it was a good thing to say or not, whether it's true or not. I don't know whether it was a positive thing. It doesn't make me think, oh, this thing's going to be around for 10 years. It makes it seem slightly boring. No, well, what he's saying is divide your, your £540 yeah, by, by 10. it'll last you forever, yeah. apart from the fact... That there'll be a newer one, yeah. Xbox 2. I don't know. I, I just don't... I, I didn't... <laughs> to me, I get excited about... I think everybody in video games gets excited by this uh, rollover of technology, right? Everyone likes a new thing. You Something, do, especially yeah. you buy, like buying new things. Do. The fact that there isn't... He's not going to be one for 10 years. He's effectively saying there's not going to be another one for 10 years. So you may as well get in early. Yeah, it doesn't make me think that. It makes me think, oh, oh, I want an Xbox that's going to be regenerated every two years. I want to see the next exciting thing. So would you like to have them a lot, lot cheaper, but like you have to just buy them every couple of years? Mm, Like a Steam box, a modular Steam box. Hey, Steve, don't you live in SE17 now? Do you want me to start this again? I want whatever it is that you've got there that makes that happen to stop. (laughs) And finally, since colonising actual countries is now a bit of a faux pas, Britain has decided to insert itself firmly in Minecraft instead. Great Britain's National Mapping Authority Ordnance Survey has used more than 22 billion blocks to craft the length and breadth of England, Scotland and Wales. The map was created in just two weeks by an intern using real-world data. Whoever builds a giant statue of One Life Left where the Five Live Studios are will win all of the prizes. (laughs) I didn't. I, I saw the story, but I didn't see the results of this. Uh, the results are it's there. <laughs> what? So you can get, look so you around. Can just, yeah. Is it life size Britain? Yeah. Is it? Is Wait. It? When you say life size, you don't game. get into the. Or oh, what's it like? You're a tiny. 
Okay. Wait, do you know what Minecraft is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is okay. life size. Is it? So what, yeah, it is. Are you sure about this? <laughs> yes. So you can start off in uh, Land's End and walk to John O'Groats. Yes. And it will take you as long as it takes Ian Botham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so someone has already built Stonehenge, where right. Stonehenge is, actually. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Other people are building other things. How did this intern do this then? Presumably they didn't... Like, like I, I, I only play Minecraft or I watch my son play it on iPad or Android and or Xbox. And um, yeah, it seems quite fiddly. And I'd imagine putting 22 billion blocks down would be a little fid- fiddly. Well, I think it's said in Anne's news story that he just took the data from the maps and applied it to the sort of Minecraft Right, what I'm asking is because in the versions of uh, Minecraft that I have been playing, yes. I don't have any way of inputting data of the country. Have you ever tried hacking around with map files? Have you ever looked what, at Android? all of the mods that are available? It on, didn't no, say anything about no, Android, I'm did it? So, this is what You're I'm being quite you. aggressive, aren't you? <laughs> I'm asking video you games. because I have not got experience of this and so I was interested. Thank you for the clarification, <laughs> Anne. It's very kind of you. You're going to have to be so kind forever just to prove a point. <laughs> um, I heard it's quite boring. Well, Minecraft? No, this particular implementation. Okay. That it's one of those things that sounds really exciting, and then when you actually go into it, it's just loads of rolling hills. Because you know what? I was like, this is brilliant. You can stalk everyone, but you can't because it's just hills and rivers. That is England. Ugh. Thanks, Anne. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scamford-Berry. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left Local News. Homeowners in the Los Santos area are angry at a garage installation firm after their cars have gone missing overnight when the garage was securely locked. The company, Rockstar Homes, claim that this problem is a feature that is currently being investigated and as soon as a solution is found it will be rolled out to all those affected. They are advising that people should not currently use their garages for storing cars and should only use them for making jingles and tunes with GarageBand or for playing early Weezer songs. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Hyper Horny Dinos. It's by Yoshito Hinton. It's from chipmusic.org. And it's fabulous, like everything we take from there. Please go there. 
Anne, you just had a uh, uh, social message, didn't you? Yeah, I just had a message from uh, LinkedIn. Well, that's good news. I've had an invitation to connect on LinkedIn with Tom Mayo, commercial designer at Jagex. Oh. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Tom, I don't use LinkedIn. (laughs) I never have done and I never will do, unless it becomes gamified. Well, you know, Anne, if you did use LinkedIn, yeah. you could say you were employed by One Life Left. We have a company on do LinkedIn we? now. You do. Okay, maybe I'll do that tonight. Maybe I'll set up my LinkedIn, but please don't request me. I don't know. I don't understand what... It... Business. Yeah, it's just business. No offence. <laughs> no offence. just business. Simon, you seem engrossed in something. I'm reading a book. It's a been book. a long time since I've done that. <laughs> and it really is. So choose your own adventure. It's a, it's a colouring in book. No, it's uh, Sensible Software, 1986 to 1999. Sounds exciting. I get cracked on with it. God, that's a young-looking uh, young John Hare. I think he might be 11 in that picture. Is he? He stood by sexy, junky George. <laughs> that's Chris Yates, his partner. Oh, sorry, Chris Yates. Yeah, sorry. No, you're right. John Hare looms large in the history of One Life Left. I didn't realise that they, that they looked so alike when they were younger. He used to they do a quite... feature uh, called John Hare Sticks It to the Man. Was this his political slot? It was. <laughs> do, was... They, do they get a mention in the book? Uh, John Hare's political slots. <laughs> like that. <laughs> you that told me URL. I couldn't swear. Did um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so tell us about the book. Right, yeah, so it's a, a complete biography of Sensible Software from their inception when they were teenagers right until the sale to Codemasters in 99. Was this your idea? It was, yeah. So, so, tell, so why Sensible Software? Well, um, I had known John for a while through doing some amateur podcasting. Oh, yeah. um, well, he started that, is he? <laughs> no, no myself. He? He's, oh, right, yeah. OK. We interviewed him, and okay. uh, I'd always had the idea that um, you should be able to buy I'm a graphic designer uh, and I'd always wanted to buy um, art books on video game history it kind of seemed like there were so many of these uh, great publishers like Signosis and the Bitmap Brothers and Sensible Software from my childhood that I wanted to kind of look at the artwork and go through the sprites and learn about the history and also read a lot of the journalism that I grew up with uh, from Amiga Power The One uh, and, and put it all together into a beautifully designed object um, us graphic designers like to pour over beautifully designed books on the internet but yeah. often they're just on chairs from the 1930s or something <laughs> like that so I kind of wanted to give that graphic design feel to a, a book uh, that was about something I cared about. I, I don't think this has been done before sort of in depth. I don't think so. No um, collection of uh, so ha, so ha, it, it came about because you were fans of Sensible back then and I have to say I don't want this to become a theme of our guests but you don't look old enough <laughs> Have <laughs> you been drinking what Jasper Jasper Byrne? That's yeah. Well, I actually, yeah, yes, he looked, I, I guess does he looked young as well. Jasper Byrne, yeah, he's done a lot in his life as well. Apparently so, yeah, but yeah. not not enough to warrant a books. But but so, so I you, drink you a lot were, of water. So, 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 so we're gonna have to start collating these. Uh, so you were, you were you were fans of the games? Yes, I grew up with then. them. It was the subject that I kind of felt that I knew the most about. Um, I was playing the most games. Life was the most boring as a sort of twelve to thirteen year old when Sensible Soccer. Cannon Fodder, Megalomania were out. I was reading lots of Amiga Power, so it was kind of like a the knowledge of the journalism of the time and the knowledge of the games. I knew I could kind of edit, you know, edit a great, sensible art book and biography book. And so the idea came about. Who did you who did you approach about it first? Uh, we spoke to John first. We had a meeting at BAFTA, and he elected that Gary Penn should be the, the okay. perfect person to write it. So we approached him, and he's like the nicest man in the world. Gary is here. What, what's, what, what's Gary up to these days? He's working at uh, Denki. He's, he's still at Denki, so this Denki. was a, this was a side project for him. That's right. Yeah, he was cool. doing it in the evenings. We were sending lots of Google Docs to each other at two in the morning. Right. Um, yeah, um, I thank him endlessly for his patience. Gary was meant to 
do a, a feature for One Life Left Two. Political slots. No, it was. <laughs> it was uh, well, we actually never got started on the content. Okay. Uh, it was going to be called The Pen is Mightier Than the Sword. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never. Right. Did anything. So Sensible were unusual in that they were, um, so they burst onto the scene, they were very, very British, um, yes. incredibly successful, um, and them and the Bitmap Brothers were sort of like the, the rock star devs, weren't they? Exactly. They, so, yeah. um, but, but then their story has very well, has a start and an end, as you say, so I mean, yeah. to be able to chart that, that, that period... As a fan, when you were putting this t- together, what was did you what sort of stories did you uncover that you, that, that that you hadn't heard of? Or yeah, it's quite weird that a lot of people know about Sensible without even realising they were such good publicists. Like we all know about the kind of Canon fodder video, and we yeah. all know what they look like. We know the names of them, which is quite unusual for developers at that time to be personalities. Um, but the most interesting thing for me was that when they kind of dropped off the radar, they did Sensible Golf, which wasn't yeah. that much of a hit, and then suddenly PlayStation came along, everyone was distracted, and yeah. then 10 years later, where was Sensible? Yeah. Um, there was a £3 million deal they got with Warner, which is what we cover at the end of the book, and it, it covers three games, two of them didn't come out, and um, it's really interesting to see what went wrong for them right. and, and why it didn't work. They, they really struggled with the move to 3D, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, yeah, in fact, a lot of developers fell off the radar with yeah. because they just couldn't keep up. I mean, that's Graph Gold. Yeah. yeah. Um, does this cover sex, sex and drugs and rock and roll? Is that in here? It does, yeah. That's the last chapter. Is it's, it? Interesting. So does it have... a lot of swearing in that is chapter. It right, I, bet. <laughs> I heard that John Hare was thrown down the stairs by Sean Brennan. Is that right? That story is in there. Is it? <laughs> he claims to have thrown him down the stairs. I don't think... I don't think that's the case. Well, that whole time, the, the whole... So, um, Sensible on the rise, and then they signed with Virgin, because uh, they, they were with Renegade. Yes. Renegade got bought by Warner. That's right. Um, what games did Virgin do? Did they do Megalomania? Uh, Virgin did Cannon Fodder. Cannon Fodder, okay. And, um, yeah, Sean was angry that John didn't sign Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Yeah, you've just kind of got to my favourite bit of the book. Okay, sorry. Uh, Virgin and Warner uh, were basically bidding against each other. Yeah. And this is the kind of pinnacle of Sensible. They were so huge. Anyone, everyone wanted sensible soccer and they just threw money at them and both of them were kind of making counteroffer and counteroffer and basically the, the throwing down the stairs story <laughs> you talk about is where John has to decide to go with one yeah. and, uh, and he had made lots of sounds like he would be going with him uh, uh, what with... sort of sounds? How do you spell those? Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the story where John breaks it to Sean that they're not yeah. going to be going with Virgin is a juicy one. I think it contains the quote, I'd shake your hand, John, but you'd only bite it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, and, and I mean, that that time, I mean, so it's when Virgin emerged and they, and they started throwing a lot of money around, um, you know, that was, I think they invented uh, the, the, um, the, the, the ridiculously expensive press junkets. They did a load of stuff at ECTS that cost a million pounds and you know all of this sort of stuff and there were stories about at, at the time well actually looking back on it now no one actually like no one knew what they were doing then or what they were creating and I think yeah, yeah. they were just throwing money at it, it uh, was, yeah. Uh, yeah and of course the irony is, is that Sex and Jogs and Rock and Roll never came out no so, it never came out so, 36 <laughs> months of development and there was no playable game <laughs> so, where, so where is everybody at Sensible now I, mean, I don't want to spoil too much about the book and obviously you should buy it anyway because it's got some brilliant art at the back and you know all that sort of stuff but yeah uh, uh, yeah, uh, John is still working. He's got a game coming out soon, which is called Word Explorer. Yeah, I saw that. He showed me that in Germany. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stu Cambridge, who did all the brilliant pixel art for Canon Fodder, is still working. Um, and he's on Twitter, at Stu Cambridge. Um, and Jules Jameson, who yeah. coded Canon Fodder, uh, is in Canada now. I think he's doing a Kickstarter at the moment involving solar panels. Right. Oh. And Kickstarter is where, where the book came from. That's right. Originally. A year ago, we just finished our Kickstarter. Great. Uh, and yeah. so how, how was that? 
It was great, yeah. It was um, it was when Kickstarter was still in dollars. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it was a bit of a punt, really. I'd, I'd shopped this around lots of proper publishers before, okay. and they'd all kind of given me blank stares, and so Kickstarter seemed the right place to try it. And so, they, so they all turned you down? and Yeah. Right. Yeah, what, yeah. what were their reasons? Uh, gamers don't read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is well done, Simon. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was too niche, basically. Okay. And then Kickstarter came along and made it all possible, Gave you that which audience is great. Everyone yeah. is back to us. So what happens next? Uh, we've got another book coming out in, well, we're kickstarting in a few weeks, actually. Gosh, we're all going to be at it. Yeah. Sorry, before we move on to that, so so if you didn't kickstart this, you can you still buy this? You can buy it now. You, you can buy it now. You'll get it this week. It ships this week okay. uh, at readonlymemory.vg. Great. And how, how much is it? It's £25. Well worth it. It looks lovely. So you're going to be moving on to a Kickstarter. Steve's launching his Kickstarter. Can I say Ooh. one? Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, it's a week on Wednesday. Next is that week? the One Life Left game? No, that's no. no, fun, by the way. So, and I'm going to be doing mine in probably the middle of October. Oh. So we're all going to be out. Can you give us any tips? I don't know. Let's just... Uh... <laughs> but, but no, but... I definitely can't give you tips. <laughs> right. yeah, this is competition. Exactly. Sucking, the, sucking the money out of the <laughs> Kickstarter economy. Lots yeah. of updates. Lots of... Is like, it? Like, yeah, respond to everybody. Oh, and, terrifying. Yeah. I mean... It's, it takes up all your day, How but do you lovely. do the maths? Oh, the maths, the maths is hard. Is so you, hard. You work it out, you spend ages working it out, and then you get it wrong. That's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you get it right in terms of how got you it priced it? Got it right, yeah. Okay. The postage is something that we got a little bit Was uh, it? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a, a learning experience. We, we'd never done any part of the... Uh, a publishing process before, right? So, uh, it's yeah. a brilliant project. To Lots get off of the ground kind of hilarious, and... like late night realizations at two in the morning that oh, it's going to take another couple of weeks before it's done. <laughs> is there anything in here that you? Sorry, is there anything not in here that you had? To, so, so did you have to cut much out for legal? No, we extended uh, did you? by forty pages. Oh yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a legal read uh, was there? by us <laughs> where we just removed a few uh, sweary words. But no, it was it was it, it was it was pretty clean. Well, actually, it's I think everything's just in there. So um, wow. buy it now before I it cannot, gets taken yeah, off the market. I cannot wait to get stuck into it. Uh, yeah, it looks absolutely wonderful. Um, Thank you. And it's, yeah, it's right up my street. So, uh, You're yeah. in it, Simon. I am in it. No, yes. I am in it. So it's <laughs> jokingly said. Um, because my, my, my idol claim is that I'm the current sensible soccer world champion. Idol claim. Idol would imply you don't ever make it, which is... Uh, I, I think I'm, what, what, what I meant was uh, that I've got, actual, I've got no proof for it. Like, so I, <laughs> what, now I, you do. Well, I, I, so, I, so I say current. I say current because yeah. um because there there have been championships subsequently but they've never been official which is what this one was and uh so um when i told steve and Anne that uh, that you were coming on she said i look forward to reading the chapter about you in it and of course i, I i'd already jokingly said this you hope i'm in it and i am page 107 <laughs> mentioned in an interview right. Right. Over the, Anne is gonna find it, Anne is gonna find that while we uh, listen to the next yeah. feature and she can read it out okay right. <laughs> okay this is adam avatar you're needed in surgery immediately. Avatar, you're the only one that can do this. You're gonna have to operate. Dr. Avatar, operating room dictation on patient Honda, Edamondo. Operative diagnosis, class 3 morbid obesity and unsuccessful medical weight loss therapy. Estimated blood loss, nil, OR times six hours. Mr. Honda was admitted to the hospital following his second myocardial infarction, and it became evident that the patient's weight had further skyrocketed since the end of his sumo career. As a last resort, he consented to bariatric surgery. The patient was draped in the usual fashion, and his panis was sterilized for incidental fungus collection discovered in one of his epidermal folds. 
The remains of an onigiri were found by the anesthetist and discarded during the operation. Following induction of general anesthesia, a laparotomy was performed. At this point, we performed a Roux-en-Y anastomosis gastric bypass. Our intention was to leave Mr. Honda with 25% of his original stomach volume, but further exploration revealed that the patient had gastric cancer likely due to excess stomach acidity. A total gastrectomy was urgently carried out. The patient will be transferred to the general surgery unit where he will be seen by dietetics regarding new intake restrictions and adjusting to life without a stomach. Ending dictation for patient Honda, Edamondo. That's Dr. Avatar. You can find him at Dr. Adam Avatar on Twitter. He had this to say. Please advise your listeners that they did not hear a naughty word in the episode. The word panus denotes a large layer of abdominal fat. Always learning. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One life letters. Well, no, we knew about that, because if there's one thing I know, it's about large layers of abdominal fat. <laughs> so I'm on this 5-2 diet, Hannah. How's that going? Haven't eaten today? You wanna, you, I'm you're, angry. You're on one of the five today? <laughs> one, one of the two. Is that what happened? Oh, right, okay. You're on one of the two. Hmm. Good. Okay, letters. Hi, team. Hmm, Anne. Long-time listener, first-time emailer, etc., etc., to university next year and was wondering if you had any ideas or suggestions of good unis to consider. I'll also be at the uh, Eurogamer next week in case that matters. Winky smiley. Thanks. Sam. Bournemouth. Where, where did you go, Anne? Uh, Queen Mary and also Goldsmiths. I went to the University of York. I would recommend other universities. <laughs> That's not true. I'm sure it's fine if you like that sort of thing. And I grew up in Bournemouth. Mm. <laughs> you went to the University of Life? Would you recommend it? I would, yeah. yeah. Uh, Darren, do you know anything about universities? Uh, I went to Bard Spa <coughs> University College. Served you well. Look at you with a successful hey, yeah, publishing company. Um, do we have any... Does he say what he's going to do? No, that's it. I don't know what you're going um, um, to do. Just yeah. enjoy it. Honestly, our recommendations are all course-based, so you'll have to get back in <laughs> yeah, touch and we'll, we'll try and help you out. Dear Simon et al, I just watched this YouTube clip of the game Dead Ends from Channel 4's Disarming Britain series in 2008. One of the voices, uh, so one of the voice actors sounded strangely familiar. Is that OLL's resident poet moonlighting as one of MET's finest? And if so, what is the spin-off game of his backstory coming out? I'm thinking GTA meets Bad Lieutenant with uh, um, Nilhis Poetry. Could you make this in Game Maker and put it on Kickstarter? Craig the Rage in Grand Theft Auto versus Bad Lieutenant. I like it. I like the idea. Do uh, it is not him, unfortunately. Uh, but I did forward that on to him. Right. Received no reply. Mm, interesting. He's a very busy man. Mm. Uh, okay, dear Steve, Simon and, and Darren... Which 90s game would you like to see make a comeback and on which platform? Mobile devices, next-gen consoles or Valve Steve Hive, Hive Mind, Steam Hive Mind? I quite fancy revisiting some of cinema, uh, Wares classics such as Defender of the Crown and Rocket Ranger. Loving the season so far and looking forward to getting my hands on the Sensi book. Cheers, Andy. Yeah. Hey. What's uh, retro... Games. Does anybody remember the Atari ST and Amiga 3D game called Hunter? I do, yeah. Yeah, kind of eerie landscape, uh, puzzle-solving world. Oh, let's play that again. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, let's play Ikari Warriors again. Hey. I remember a game on the Atari ST which I never got to play where you played as a fly 
Oh, flying around a pida? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I remember that's a bee, isn't it? That's a bee. That's a wasp. Yes. A wasp. Yeah. This was a 3D sort of, uh, you know, very early polygon-based, right. flat-shaded polygon-based 3D graphics where you got to play as a fly. I always thought that was an excellent idea for a game. Uh, never got to play that. I would love to see Exile, um, which is I think counts as 99. I think that's 91. Maybe it's late 80s. Maybe it's 89 actually. Uh, and also, look, flicking through the Sensible book reminded me of Whizball and yeah. Wizkid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were brilliant, and I would love to see those back. Anne? Uh, I recently played a game from my childhood, and it was disappointing. Don't ever go back. Good idea. Any more letters do we have? We do, yes. Yeah. Okay. Dear the director, Hank and Chi, Anna is a psychological horror game with story-based puzzles and Blair Witch Project-style creepiness. The perfect game to play with Edison, who will be six years old tomorrow. <laughs> As the game started, we both admired the pretty, rustic garden of the haunted house. Edison wasn't able to solve the puzzle that prevents you from walking straight indoors, but was excited by the solution that involved gears and hitting things with sticks. We played up until the woodwork room, a life-size wooden mannequin disappears, then its hand appears over my face from behind. We both jump at this scare. Edison squeals with delight, but I'm genuinely shaken and have to stop playing. My son's opinion. I love this game. More next week. Perhaps we'll see if Petra is any good at King- Crusader Kings 2. Duncan. Excellent. Thank you, Duncan. Is that illegal? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, thanks ever so much for your letters. One came in just before we went on air. We, were, we, uh, we, we haven't had a chance to uh, read it out, so we'll read it out next week. But if you've got any for us, please email team at onelifeleft.com. Just before we go, uh, the answers to last week's quiz oh, were um, question one the Thompson twins, mm-hmm. Frankie goes to Hollywood, and uh, Kiss. Ah. No. Uh, round two was avoid missing ball for high score. Yes. Okay. Uh, push X to jump. And trap ghosts in streams to win. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, question three: the odd man out was Peter Molyneux. Okay. Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Years My Eye, Labyrinth of Lord Xyrix. It's made for a Spectrum game, which I think is out this week. You can find it on chipmusic.org. Anne. Dee Dee, did we film it? Really? I want to find those tapes and burn them. 
The Sensible Soccer World Cup was the worst day of my life. It was the first time I ever suffered the classic game of big fish in a small pond scenario where you play a certain game with your mates and you're the best at it. So naturally, you assume you're the best in the world at this game until you play people outside of your group and get mugged. It's ironic that, having hosted a TV show in which people play video games under pressure, the first time I ever had to do that, I wilted. To this day, I know I could have beaten Simon Byron. (laughs) J.H., I got knocked out in the second round. The final was between Zap64's Phil King, representing Denmark, and Jason Dutton from ST Action as Germany. Phil won 2-1 to become the first ever Sensible Soccer World Champion. We did it again a year later, and Simon Byron, editor of The One at the time, won as England. Be, I beat Phil King. <laughs> Dominic didn't mention that um, actually in the s- in our group round he um, he suggested quietly that we play for a draw in order for <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fixing. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah. I, I found he emigrated to Canada. Him. Maybe it's he all is. about he's the shame related to now. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 see. Look, yes, he is. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the radio there. Yeah. So in book, it's official. Thank you so much. <laughs> Your name in print. Name in print. If only it's been a long time since that happened. <laughs> Why are you look genuinely touched? I'm really pleased. No, that's, it's just, just nice to be remembered, you know. <laughs> All right, it's time for Science Officer. Science Officer update. After over three years of floating in deep space, this human specimen was eventually recovered from a damaged escape capsule. The human male has since returned to active duty. Sometimes he has eyes that look sad. Science Officer's audio log. In situations like this, you should expect a period of adjustment. That's what the Psych Officer said when I was reposted. I was a little worried that the mechanics of what I do would have moved forward in the time I was out, but there was little sign of innovation. And the old me would have been cool with that. But that's not who I am anymore. They say you don't dream in cryosleep, but since my escape capsule was damaged at launch, I was never in cryosleep. And three years tumbling end over end through a pitch-black cosmic void with nothing more than an improvised saline drip and minimum life support gives a guy a lot of time to think in between the panic attacks and blackouts. After weighing up the morality of every decision I'd ever made and inventing speculative but surprisingly detailed life stories for all those pretty girls I never talked to in Science Officer Academy, I started thinking about why I got into this game in the first place. How did it take over so much of my life? I just remember it used to be fun, but at some point it turned into a job. The hours it required, the endless firmware updates, the nagging feeling that maybe the golden age was long gone. It was supposed to be about new worlds, new experiences, but I couldn't shake the feeling of deja vu. Maybe that's because five years ago all science officers were issued with deja vu finders, but still, when I mentioned this to the psych officer, he said, I think that's on we. So I said, if it's on you, why don't you do something about it? Then I hit him. It felt good. It felt like progress. Science officer, out. You can find the old science officers, the first batch, at www.science-officer.blogspot.co.uk. It's good. It's good. So, you're a gamer. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. How was it for you? For me, I went on the Friday... Uh, I didn't have a ticket. I walked up to the organiser's office. I said who I was and what I was doing, and they gave me a ticket. I went in, and I did that thing, and then I left. Well done, Simon. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, I didn't spend a great deal of time. I got there about... Um, 
Half one on Friday. I, um, yeah, it was busy, wasn't it? You know what? It was busy, but it was the level of busyness I could cope with. It wasn't like E3 where you enter and after five minutes you hate everybody and video games and everything. But E3's not so uh, well ticketed, is it? No, quite. Mm. Uh, I felt that Eurogamer could have shoved about twice as many people in there. They could have sold far more tickets than they did, and it certainly, they, they certainly could have done that because it sold out, and I'm glad they didn't because it made it, uh, I wouldn't say pleasant, but it was totally tolerable. Uh, the queues for video games were insane. Weren't they? Um, they were hours and hours long, but I was not interested in doing any of that. In fact, mostly I was interested in going and having a look at the quirky indie things, and it's good that Eurogamer continues to support, support those. That, yep. I think it was sponsored by Sega this year, right. the indie booth. Didn't so, make it that so far. Good on them. And I also saw Hotline Miami 2, which I was delighted at, and the soundtrack to that is amazing. Has Jasper done it? I don't know. Hmm. Did you not think to ask anyone? No, no, I think I should have done. <laughs> you should have done. <laughs> Rumbled. This is awkward. Darren, you were there, weren't you? I was. Yeah, how did you find it? I walked in about half one, and I walked up to a talk, and you were there, <laughs> and I pointed at you and said to my girlfriend, that's Simon Byron, and then I walked off. <laughs> <laughs> that story will turn up in a book <laughs> 20 years' time. <laughs> and I went to the Indie Arcade as well, which was very exciting. Um, I saw Volume, which looked really good. Yes. And so You've Been Hunted, which was very popular. But two games we're very interested in. So how's Volume? Uh, volume looked fantastic. It looks incredible. The art direction in that is fabulous. Great. Uh, and So You've Been Hunted was, was very good. It was, um, they'd uh, done full uh, costume, top hats, and right. uh, dressed like the hunters. Very impressive. That, that game is really, really good. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to play it. I, obviously, I don't have a Steam press account, so I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know what? It didn't help me. Uh, Jim Rossnell personally sent me a key. Shut up! <laughs> Are you joking? No. The perks. No, because he's one of the good guys. Right, and what, what does that make me? You Not work, the recipient of You a, work it out, Simon. <laughs> yeah. One of the aggressive guys. Wow, Anne. Oh, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you two went to the party on the Thursday night. What was that like? Oh, it was brilliant. It was, it was excellent. Was it? Again, it wasn't oversubscribed. Okay, well, that's good. Because well, it was £60 a ticket. We behaved terribly. Did you? Good news. I, liked I think it was a bit of a warm-up for the GMAs, honestly. <laughs> Just sort of testing the water to see what we could get away with. It turns out we can get away with anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a lovely time. Did we offend anyone, do you think? No, not at all. I don't even think we went out of our way to offend anyone. Which is unusual. We did make Andrew Smith stay out much later than he intended to. That's true. We made him get six drinks as well. We did. <laughs> six. I don't know why we picked that number. Well, it's it's. Uh, but div- he's, it's uh, it's easily d- divisible by three, isn't it? He yeah. stole our game, right? He did. Yeah, he did. So he, he stole does our game. So he, he owes us, and that debt isn't cleared yet. Right. So, yeah. so no, we have to keep bringing our strengths. We got our photos taken. You put them on Twitter. That was excellent. So many photos. So taken. many photos. Right? Did we learn any gossip though? Oh, did we learn any gossip? Well, mm. a couple of people in the games industry were enamoured with Anne. Were they? <laughs> were they? <laughs> I feel like we should do a, wi- a Wicked Whispers right, okay. section. How did they make this? Someone known. came up to me. Someone yeah. approached me. Yeah. And they said, oh, Steve, uh, I was listening to Resonance FM the other day. Who is I was that? I to Resonance. By the no, no, no. I'm putting, putting okay. disguise you, in voice. voice. <laughs> oh, Steve, I was listening to Resonance FM. You know, you woke me up. You woke me up. It was very unusual. I was, I was dozing in bed, dozing in bed, and then I heard you and, you and Byron called right. you by your surname. Okay, that narrows it down. You and Byron on the radio, and you woke me up. Tell you what, though, that girl, <laughs> she sounds beautiful. <laughs> she sounds beautiful. And was I, I dreaming? 
I said, I said, what? That girl? (laughs) (laughs) Turned around, showed him. You did show him? Yeah, that I'm not Simon. He did was then. He then realised. Not beautiful. Did beautiful he? voice does not equate. Did he? A or did face. he end up stalking you a bit for the rest of the night? No. Not stalking. Just hanging out like friends do. Yeah. Um, I know who this person is. Did you ask him how his wife was? Just <laughs> <laughs> out of interest. <clears throat> no. And, <laughs> and who was the other? Time for the reviews. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to the GMAs next week, aren't you? So excited. So excited. Hey, this isn't a review, but I saw there's a group, there's a Facebook group of GMA Rebellion people. Are there? Wait, they haven't invited us. We haven't even been invited to the Rebellion. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be going to that as well. Yeah, there is. Are they having a separate event? Yeah. No. Where are they having it, Steve? We're going to go to both. We're going to go to everything and we're going to get awards at everything. Let's go to theirs and tweet hashtag for PS3 hashtags (laughs) from them. (laughs) That's our plan. Simon, what have you been doing? I've been playing Portal 2. Really? You didn't expect that, did you? I didn't. That came from nowhere. Um, yeah, I, I've been. I, I bought a Microsoft Surface a few months ago, and I've, so that's enabled me to work through my Steam pile of shame. And I'd, I'd never, occurred to me, I'd never played Portal Two. And you, you've all played it, I'm sure. It's, it's good, isn't it? Yep, it's really it's good. good. <laughs> it's really good. I like it. I thoroughly recommend it. Do you prefer it to Portal One or not? I Portal One. I made my head hurt, and right. at least what I found with Portal Two is that I can get through it, and I've not resorted to going online looking for help or anything. It seems straightforward. I hope it doesn't go for too long. Mm, it goes on quite. Well, well, there were some numbers, and it looks like I'm sort of 15 out of 22 or something like that. I hope when it gets to that number that it finishes. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, Stephen Merchant's very funny, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I think it's a brilliant movie. It's a really, really well-scripted, a great sort of narrative going through it. I think it's a marginally worse game right. than the previous one. It's not as pure. Okay. Uh, and there I, are, I, I there are as many head-hurty puzzles, yeah, which I, I think you I, will I, like. I felt that a, a few solutions have... have it, it's, for me, it's, it's almost been like, oh, should I be doing this? This, you know, I mean, it's obvious that you should be in order to, but mm. it feels like some of the things that you do in it have been a bit fiddly. But no, everyone, I'm very much enjoying it. I yeah, totally recommend it. It's out now, Anne. It's out now. <laughs> when was it out originally? <laughs> years and years, years and years ago. That's fine. What have you been playing, Anne? Um, Sorry, been, seven out of ten. Good. Uh, I've been playing uh, a game that was recommended by Doctor Avatar, mm. uh, a ranger. A, a ranger, not a, you aren't. You don't play a ranger. You, it's uh, called an arranger. An arranger, okay. yeah. Um, and it's about music, and you're a little thing that go that. You, so you collect different instruments, and then you do these little games which involve music, and there's a lot of little side puzzles. It's pretty cute. It's pretty cute, but I found the controls quite sticky and a bit annoying, which put me off a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's nice. Sounds nice go around do do different kinds of games different like little puzzles um, and then you get more instruments and more stuff oh and you have a little dog or something right. you have to feed every now and then and we'll go and fetch you things uh, yeah yeah good <laughs> feels like that would be a nice thing to have in life imagine having a dog in life um, 7 out of 10 but I also just wanted to say I really really enjoyed playing one game at the Eurogame Expo called Love Shack which was really good and when it comes out you should definitely play it did you play Octodad no I didn't couldn't find pa- it Parco told you to yeah I know but then I couldn't find it really yeah interesting okay what did you play it no I found it but Parco told me to play it so sorry <laughs> <laughs> whatever Darren 
Hey, uh, I've been playing Race the Sun, which I found out about on Twitter oh, recently. Yeah. Louis uh, P's been banging on about that, hasn't he? Louis P? Yes. Maybe it was him. Right. Um, it's an endless runner, but in the style of Star Fox on N64. Huh. You uh, travel extremely fast and have to dodge things. And uh, you play as a solar-powered craft. So when you dodge things and go into the shadows, you lose power. Uh, and it's fantastic. It procedurally generates the level each day. Um, which keeps it fresh. Yep. 7 out of 10. Excellent. Hasn't done very well, has it? Is that, is that, is that the story about Race of Sun? It's not sold well. Didn't I think, they put some... Is that... Am I, I think, think it's been the right a, game? Yeah, I think that might be the case. Okay. I think that might be That's the case. So, so everybody buy it. Buy it's it, ace. Yeah. I think it's Steven. I've been playing pilot wings in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found... I've, as is predictable, I found a lot of charming bits in Grand Theft Auto outside of the main missions, Grand Theft Auto 5, this is. And really, really have enjoyed just doing the um, flight school missions, just flying around the city and right. flying through hoops and, and under bridges and stuff. That's been excellent. But I'm not going to review that because we reviewed that last week and we don't change our scores. We don't know. No, man. Uh, instead, I will review Card Hunter. Have you heard of Card Hunter? I have heard of Card Hunter. Um, some friends of mine are making it, actually. Really? And um, yeah. Okay. Is this going to influence your score? You remember Awkward. Joe McDonough oh, no. from PopCap, who came oh, on the this show. Is, this is placing me under a Came Awkward. on the show at uh, GDC. He, he was lovely as well, wasn't he? He was lovely. We do, have to, we do have to say if we do know any of the creators of games to we show do. that... We do. In our footnotes, we also have to show, tell, say what they've fed us as well, <laughs> yeah. don't we? So what were you eating, Steve? At GDC when we met Joe McDonough or... Yeah, uh, both. Well, at GDC, I think, I think that was when Martin Hollis brought some noodles... Maybe have been the same day, yeah. Yeah, and I think that uh, when, I was, when I was playing Card Hunter, which I've been doing over the last few nights, I've been eating some custard creams. Interesting. So, but but okay. I should say they were 57p and Joe McDonough did not buy them. Okay. Okay. Right, so now we've got that out of the way. Clear. What do you think of the game? So Card Hunter is a uh, turn-based Dungeons & Dragons strategy game. A little bit similar to sort of Fire Emblem and that kind of thing. It's done with a very knowing twist, which is you are actually playing D&D with a, um, a dungeon master who's a bit of a dork and you have these little miniatures that you move around the castle. He tells you the story of what you're going through, of the dungeon you're attacking and such. And it's I think the presentation is amazing. It's really, really absorbing. It is a free-to-play game, which means it's going to microtransaction you. Right. And that is what has sort of ground me to a halt on it because the difficulty has ramped up to the point at which it is really encouraging me to buy things. Do you buy. need to report it to the Office of Fair Trading? Wait, sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll just get Joe to send you something. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to it's, it's encouraging me to buy things and I get a little bit grumpy about that sort of thing. Actually, it's difficult though. Haven't they actually said that paid for games are dead? Not on PC, but mm. on iOS. Like now, they just discounted. So that's the way yeah. that games are going. I know. I, I agree. But there's something about my psychological makeup that makes me go, oh, you want me to buy things? Well, I'm not going to show you. And then the game just gets too difficult right. too quickly. And, and that's why I stopped playing it. Whereas if you look at it, and, and that's what turned me off Candy Crush. Whereas clearly that isn't turning most people off Candy Crush, which is why it's making 700 grand a day or whatever it is so yeah i think it's beautiful and brilliant i find the game absolutely absorbing but 
I am slowly stopping playing it because it's getting frustrating for me. It's a shame. Well, is, it, is, it, is it in beta still or not? I'm not sure. I mean, it, it's completely playable. I would recommend everyone plays it because why wouldn't you? Because you may find that, you know, the small amount of money it's trying to get you to pay is not a problem for you. Uh, it's I think it's cardhunter.com. You can certainly find it by Googling cardhunter. Right. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, certainly the presentation is absolutely charming. Mm. Seven out of ten, I think. Uh, does that conclude the review section? I think it does, doesn't it? It does. Okay, uh, some music, and then we'll be back. sound guy you did consider that though didn't you okay. I, could, I could see the cogs whirring nothing if not considered got three minutes to go about two and a half minutes to go what do you want to talk about well um next week's guest has also got a book out well, I mean, what are we the book show <laughs> huh uh, nicholas lovell has got um a book called the curve i believe it's out on friday it's about freemium and stuff, Steve. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh. So you'll be able to grab him by the throat, play some GTA, and then be really aggressive at him. <laughs> um, he's be been on the show before, he hasn't has, he? Yes. Lovers. Lovely lovers. What um, is uh, what's, What doesn't make his title? He's best friend of the show? Yes. Yeah? Something like that, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, did you see the news about um, our previous uh, best friends of the show, or best friend of the show? Oh, hey, Ian Livingston, OBE. Oh, I did see that. We got him his OBE, and now he's left uh, Square. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happens now for the livers? Uh, maybe, we, maybe we can get them full time. Hmm. Oh, cool. All right. See what we can do. So he's on. Also next week, it's the Games Media Awards <laughs> on the Thursday. Oh. So if you have anything, any dares, genuine dares for us, um, address them to the person you want us to do. <laughs> <laughs> the <Wait> dare. <laughs> <laughs> Just huh? to the yeah, person you want to, to perform do? the dare. 
and we will do them whilst yeah whilst recording. We have nothing to lose. We've got nothing to lose apart from an award. Which we've already lost so many times. Exactly. It just doesn't matter. And yeah, we will also be attending hashtag defiance. Oh, we excellent. Are we, are we, so if we go to that, are we, and we're then going to the actual awards, are we going to be the official people to pick up the awards from the people who have yes. not turned yes. up? Yes. I think we let's are. definitely do we'll that. We'll be their representatives. Yeah, let's yeah. see. You should post on the Facebook group. Okay. Because you're the acceptable face of One Life Left. <laughs> hey guys, I know you can't go, but you know, we're, we're happy to pick up any awards that you might win. Just yeah. We're just going for a laugh. <laughs> just going for a laugh. <laughs> Doesn't matter to us. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> um, anyway. Darren, thank you so, so, so much thank for coming in. Thank um, you, Darren. Sensible Software 1986 to 1999 is available now it from readonlymemory.vg. Good um, luck with it. Thank you very much. I have a recommendation oh, yeah. for it. Um, I think it's the best dust jacket I've ever seen on a book. I hate dust jackets. And this one has uh, is double-sided, uh, can be removed, has a wonderful cover underneath, and um, recommend 7 out of 10. Fantastic. Thanks, Anne. Put on the site. Yes. Yes. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yes, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.